are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Glad to have you back. Start off another week here at Locked On Spurs. And hope you had a great weekend um, with the NBA offseason. Being the NBA offseason, we took uh, yesterday off, but we are back. And we're going to dive back into the draft. Uh, we'll be looking at a couple of players that seem to fall uh, within uh, the Spurs number 11 pick. A couple of names out there and nice and mocks, such as uh, Patrick William and Aaron Naismith. So we're going to look at those two guys in a few minutes. We're also going to go over some news and notes and just give some final thoughts on the Spurs ahead of the draft. Uh, but before we do that, this episode of Lockdown Spurs is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get yourself 20% off your next order. So before we get into the draft focus here on Lockdown Spurs, a little news and notes that you may have missed over the weekend or yesterday as Lockdown Spurs took the day off. Well, ever wonder what were the first days like uh, with Popovich taking over as head coach? Well, you don't have to ask uh, and think about that any longer. Former Spur Will Perdue was a guest on uh, one of the Lockdown NBA shows. And uh, thankfully, my colleagues sent it to me. And interesting to see, this is is exactly what happened right after Popovich fired Bob Hill. Yeah. For those that do not remember, uh, Popovich started his Spurs career not as a head coach, but actually he was a GM. And actually that was the second time he was with the Spurs. Did you know he actually got fired from the Spurs a long time ago when Larry Brown was a coach? Yeah. Um, But when he didn't make his return uh, to San Antonio, uh, he became the GM, but he fired Bob Hill. You'd like to hear exactly what Purdue had to say about those first days with Popovich as head coach. Make sure to go to, lock, go to Spurs Zone, excuse me, at News 4 San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Other Spurs news. Hey, the NBA season or your Spurs season could be coming back sooner than later. Uh, the uh, NBA is rumored to come back sometime before Christmas. Uh, that would be great uh, for those that are looking for uh, some NBA action now. And, hey, better than waiting till late January, as one report had it. Uh, what else is going on in your Spurs world? Well, for those of y'all who are playing NBA 2K21, Tim Duncan is glitched. No, and that's actually a good thing. Yes, it's actually a really, really good thing. Glitched is a term that the uh, NBA 2K21 community uses when something actually is good. And what is good about Tim Duncan's glitch? Well, you now for a short time can download a patch that allows you to have your player, Tim Duncan, to be able to hit three-point shots. Like Tim Duncan wasn't a, normally a great three-point shooter, though he hit a couple <clears throat> as the Suns in the playoffs. But now with this glitch, Tim Duncan, you now have the ability to enhance your virtual Tim Duncan uh, to be deadly from the three-point shot. It's only available for a week, so make sure to go check it out if you already have the video game. And uh, finally, well, I always wondered about this. What what was the other side of the story when Zsa Pachulia undercut Kawhi Leonard and what many think was the beginning of the end of Leonard's career. Well, he finally spoke out. He spoke with NBC Sports about what he feels, or at least his side of the story, with an infamous undercut. 
And basically, he said it was just a freak accident. He also said he reached out to Kawhi Leonard following the injury. But in typical Zaza uh, fashion, he didn't take any blame. Uh, he pretty much said, hey, go back and look at the tape. It wasn't just me who hurt his ankle, although he says it was not done intentionally. Uh, he said there were other incidents leading up to that moment and that why fans don't understand that, that is beyond him. Well, you can go check that out right now at the Spurs Zone, News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com. So those are your quick Spurs news and notes. But when we get back, uh, we're going to bring in our guest, Joe Garcia. He's the host of Puro Sports SA and Two Shots podcast uh, to discuss the NBA draft and a couple of the names that the Spurs uh, could possibly select. Before we do that, let's continue talking about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, including carrot cake, cookies and cream, and caramel brownie. Uh, it, it, the original flavors span from such as orange and coconut and mint brownie, banana bread. Yeah, they got a lot of flavors, and they're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. What you want to do right now is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get yourself 20% off your next order. That is promo code locked on for 20% off at, for your next purchase of the Built Bar Protein Bars. And while you're at it, you, you can get yourself a free cooler with purchase. Uh, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Uh, that's how much power are packed into these Built Bars. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com. We're back now. I'm joined by the one and only Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast slash Poodle Sports SA. Joe, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And hey, can you believe Jaja? He said it was a freak accident. He and you know it wasn't his fault, Joe. Well, you know he's a uh, guilty until proven innocent, right? And, and the tape says otherwise. So I'm going to go with with my eyes and what the tape say. And that's Jazaza was just a a dirty player. That was a dirty play, man, and he knows it. <laughs> He's just trying to deflect. So, yeah, typical Zaza. Yeah. Remember, remember when Pop went off on him after the game? Oh, yeah. I just, like, blistered him. Yeah, he blistered him because, I mean, for one, the guy didn't look sorry in any sense of the word. You know, he didn't. His body language just was like, oh, well, you know, he didn't look yeah. like, oh, my God, exactly. is, is Kawhi okay? Is, you know, no, man, come on now. Get out of here with that. And and where is Zaza right now? <laughs> is he still playing in the NBA? Ooh. No. Good point. Good point. Hey, um, I know we're gonna do. We're gonna talk some draft in a few seconds, but I was gonna ask you: Do you think whether or not that injury happened, Kawhi Leonard was pretty much gone from San Antonio? I think he was gonna pretty much be gone, regardless of what happened. Yeah, regardless, right? Yeah, I, I get the same vibe yeah, too. You, you, we see what what he's become, you know, and and right at that point in time, that was the making of what was to become the future of Kawhi Leonard. So I think he would have won a chip. The, the Spurs had a good chance of winning a chip, but, you know, the injury stopped all that, and we got knocked out by the Golden State Warriors, and it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, yeah. Swept. Yeah, the Spurs got swept. But I was going to tell you, um, yeah, I don't I don't think um, uh, the injury um, all but, you know, forced him into leaning towards leaving San Antonio. I think he or his mind was already there, and um, – the injury just a lot gave him a bigger excuse to 
you know, do what he did in that final season. And no, that's my quad. It's my quad. Oh, I'm injured. I need rest and all that shenanigans that he still does till today. But hey, this is not about Kawhi Leonard. This is about the NBA draft and the future of the Spurs. Joe, you look across the NBA world right now, the NBA draft is the next big thing that's happening on the calendar. Many teams are looking forward to that. The Spurs and the Spurs fan base are they're definitely looking forward to it because it's the highest pick they've had in years, number 11. But when you look at some mock drafts, uh, Joe, there's several names that, uh, you know, the usual suspects by now that pop up. You got your Patrick Williams, your Nate Smith, your Sadiq Bays, et cetera, et cetera. But it ultimately, who are these guys? You know, who are these guys that the uh, mock draft uh, creators are saying the Spurs should get or more likely will get? So, Joe, let's go and dive into that. And the, perhaps the biggest common name that comes up in all mock drafts is Patrick Williams. Now, Patrick Williams, uh, he's a freshman last year with Florida State. He's uh, listed as 6'8", 225 pounds, and plays the forward position. 19 years old, the Spurs would definitely get uh, younger next season if they were to select him. And most mock drafts have him falling between 11 to 14, 15, and that includes the Spurs. Joe, do you like Patrick Williams' Do you think the Spurs should go after him? I'll be honest, man. I like the kid. You know, don't get me wrong. But this year's draft class is just weak. You know, whatever you wind up uh, picking, it's just, you know, going to be a roll of the dice, just like any any draft class, you know, regardless of the level of talent. You know, some players will pan out and others won't. But he, he's he's the name that you keep hearing a lot about. And I like the kid. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I do like the kid, but... You know, if there's other uh, other players available at that number eleven <laughs> spot that the Spurs are projected uh, to, or not projected, but they're going to get. Um, you never know, man. I, 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 at this time, I'd say if just go and draft based on the level of talent that's available for you. You know, if that's a shooting guard, so be it a shooting guard. But if that's the best available, let's say pick that you have that 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 person is going to be the best level of talent that's out there at that number 11th pick just do that yes they we do have a need for a wing but if this wing isn't really going to pan out then why waste the pick you know that's my thing yeah you look at what he did last year at florida state uh, 29 games played in 22.5 minutes per game average 9.2 points per game joe one block one steal Four rebounds, one assist. Uh, you know, those those stats are not leaping off the page. But if the Spurs do need some defense on the wing, and he definitely has that. I mean, his steals, you know, he's, he's better, one of the better defenders in the draft. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, a lot of the mock drafts have that as his strength, uh, that being steals and his ability to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, to me, Joe, he sounds a little raw right now. At 19 years old, you know, what a surprise me to see him spend a good chunk of his rookie season in Austin versus in San Antonio. Now, I, I do think they'll play. He'll play in San Antonio. An 11 pick should be playing with the big team, not stashed away in the G League. But nevertheless, Joe, I get I get the vibe of Project Kid. What are your thoughts? No, I, I do. I get the vibe of Project Kid. And we've seen what happened with some of these Spurs projects. You know, Shimezi Metu. You know, we have Drew Eubanks, who kind of surprised people, including myself, at the bubble. 
you know, but at, honestly, at the end of the day, these aren't going to be your budding superstars in the making. You know, these are our right. kids or, or players, for example, uh, that, you know, the Spurs wind up getting Patrick uh, Williams. He's probably going to wind up spending time with the Austin Austin Spurs, you know, and mm-hmm. that's just to goes to show you the level of <laughs> of talent that's available in this in this year's draft is kind of weak. So it wouldn't surprise me. But at number 11, you would think that you would have somebody who is NBA ready and ready to contribute to to the cause. You know, you want to see him out on the court mm-hmm. and not stashed away in Austin to let's see what this kid can do. Maybe he can develop into something. You know, I'm tired of doing that, Jeff. I'm getting old. We're running out of time. You know, I want to see the Spurs make the playoffs. Just just throw right. them in the fire, man. Let's see what they got. You know, I'm tired of the let's go ahead and just pan let's see what they might pan out to be by stashing them in and and you know over there in the Austin um G League, you know, with the, the Austin Spurs. Right. Yes, there's some time yeah, they can and- spend there, Jeff, but let's be honest, do, do Spurs fans really want to see that? Probably not. No, and uh, you know, focusing more on the defensive side of him, and, and that's where he really excels. And I, I, again, he would address the Spurs' need for uh, some perimeter defense. He's he's a gifted athlete. You know, he has the size, he has the length, he has the wingspan. He has a near seven foot wingspan, Joe, and uh, that that frame is just pure muscle. I mean, hey, I wish I was nineteen years old again, <laughs> Joe, so I could have that type of genetics then. But nevertheless, Joe. He has the ability to guard multiple positions, and that's what I like about Patrick Williams. He's a promising defender. Um, he fights on the inside uh, to get the position inside, excuse me. And he started to get better uh, on the rebounding side towards the end of his state with Florida State. I like that. But, again, it's the offensive side of it. Maybe the Spurs don't need offense. Maybe they just need a, a defender who go out there and just lock guys down exactly what the Spurs need, Joe. Are you willing to be okay with that if he comes in to be kind of Bruce Bowen-esque and maybe give you some offense when he can? Or do you want kind of the whole package? I want the whole package, man. I mean, yeah, we could use a defender, but if that defender isn't putting up buckets, they become a liability. It's much like we've seen when we have one Bryn Forbes or Marco Beninelli out on the court or even together. While they might be able to knock down some points – at the end of the day, they're a liability, a liability because they can't play defense. In this, we'd have the opposite. You'd have a player who is willing to play defense, but the question mark, even in his draft uh, report and the scouting report, is can he be a 15-plus point scorer? Does he even have the desire to to go out there and get a bucket? You know, I mean, that that's the conundrum that you're in. You know, that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I like the kid, but I, I think there's something out there that could be better uh, than one Patrick Williams. You know, there, there's one mock draft, uh, Joe, that describes him as built in the Kawhi Leonard mold. Imagine oh, that if the Spurs were to strike it out again, strike out again, and that actually strike good in a good way, strike it out of the, the park here and uh, get another guy who can at least hopefully become another Kawhi Leonard. Maybe not the off-the-court antics, Joe, but he'll stay in San Antonio. Nevertheless, uh, look, that, that's a lofty goal for him. And I think they're just trying to give him some sort of comparison. But, hey, uh, again, you know, you look at all the mocks, it's defense, defense, this kid, versatile defense, and a good in the transition transition game. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, well, first of all, he's the youngest player in the draft, Joe. He is the youngest. So, 
you talk about the youth movement and the Spurs go this, they're getting younger and they're definitely going to have a raw player. But I, I, with the Spurs, and I think they'll see his defensive versatility, Joe, I think I would not be surprised if you hear his name um, being selected by the Spurs come draft night, Joe. Your thoughts? You know, they, you, know you you were going to hear this name time and time again. You know, we've been hearing it before uh, the Spurs were even projected, yeah. you know, to get that top 10 pick. And, of course, they came in at number 11, which wasn't, you know, too bad. In my book, I thought they were going to be 13, you know, so 11 was like plus for me but regardless i mean the kid he's he's a freakish combo forward um he has an intriguing upside jeff um especially as a defender um he could be one of the most i guess explosive he was one of the most explosive athletes in college basketball but it's difficult to keep uh he's difficult to keep off the glass as far as like the offensive glass you know he goes up there and he he rebounds really well plays really good defense it's just his scoring ability you know you don't know if he's going to be able to yeah. develop at develop the scoring potential at, at that next level that might not ever develop to up to nba standards so basically you just mm-hmm. have a body out there that can play defense and can rebound well but beyond that uh you want him to be able to score uh even at least six eight points a game you know would be helpful to the spurs especially you know in today's nba where we have high yeah. octane offenses out there, you know. So he's one of these kids that you're going to throw the dice, you know, roll the dice out there and gamble. So I think I would want somebody who's a little bit more well-rounded on both the offensive end and defensive end. So in my book, I'd probably say I'd pass on him, you know, if he's at 11. If you look at uh, one map, mock draft or slash profile site, Tankathon Joe, According to them, uh, his stat strengths are his age, young, his free throw percentage, he can knock him down, steals, and foul, stays out of foul trouble as much as he can, and could be a good three-point shooter in the NBA. So, so far, you're liking that 3 and D guy, you're hearing that in those stats, but when it comes to weaknesses, Joe, no, that the side has definitely tons of them for him. Um, not a really particularly good rebounder. As I mentioned, he started developing a rebounding game towards the end of his stay in Florida State. Wasn't there throughout his whole career. Obviously, the points um, doesn't really score as much. Um, free throw attempt rate. You know, this is interesting. He doesn't get to the free throw line a lot. And he does turn the ball over a lot, uh, thus creating a bad assist to turnover ratio. He is a project, Joe, and I, I think if the Spurs want to go up the project route, I would get it because they're in a whole rebuild mode right now. But wouldn't surprise me again just because of that three that defense he brings. Why the Spurs select him, Joe? Final thoughts on Patrick Williams before we move on to our next if candidate. Anybody's looking to compare him to somebody who's in the NBA already? Look no mm-hmm. further than Chris Singleton. That's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. So if you want if you want to know what his potential could be, that's what he could live up to. But again, you know, he's a work in progress and and in my book, I mean, we're we're kind of the window is closing, you know, with some of our our, our other players in here with DeJounte and, you know, Derek White. We we want them to be able to play with some elite level talent and and to, in my book, this is not it. So you, would you be disappointed if the Spurs select Williams or no? I disappointed, yeah, because then we, we'd know basically what we're going to get. We're not going to see him. He's just going to be over there with the Austin Spurs. 
uh, he's probably going to spend a good amount of time there, maybe two seasons plus. Um, you know, he's probably going to get three, four minutes here and there throughout the season and on away games, you know. Um, and he must, he just might not ever pan out. Look at Shemezi Metu again. You know, great athleticism this kid showed just never panned out. And I predict that this might, you know, be another Shemezi Metu in the making here. I hope not. But right. I, I think that Spurs could do better uh, than Patrick Williams. All right. Well, you know, from one end of the spectrum to another, and that is another uh, possible pick that you're seeing throughout all mock drafts combined that the Spurs could select on that draft night. And that is Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt. His sophomore, again, listed as a forward, uh, small forward, that is 6'6", 213 pounds, Joe, in his uh, sophomore season with Vanderbilt. Played 14 games, 35.7 minutes per game, 23 points per game, 1.4 steals, uh, five rebounds, one assist, one block, shot 52% from the three-point line and 51% from the field. Joe, if the Spurs want a scoring forward, then they got him with Aaron Nagsmith. Joe, your first thoughts. Yeah, I mean, but again, he's, a, he's another shooting guard. So even if we, let's say the Spurs did select him. Well, he's not a shooting guard. That is a shooting, shooting guard forward. slash How's small that? forward. He can yeah, play either position, right? Okay. So my thing is if the Spurs wind up, you know, picking him, where is he going to get his playing time? You know, we, we're kind of guard heavy already, slash small forward heavy, <laughs> you know, if we want to really right. look at it at the end of the day. Um, where's this kid going to get playing time? Are we going to let Bryn walk? You know, are we going to say goodbye to, to Patty Mills? I mean, what, what's going to mm-hmm. happen here in the lineup? You know, so to me, it's a big, another big question mark. How would he be able to get playing time on this roster? Uh, the kid has good upside, you know, as far as his athleticism. Size, you know, he's six foot six, which he's right there. Uh, not quite six seven, but I mean, he's he's right there. He's taller than Bryn Forbes, you know. So that's always a plus. Right. Defense, he plays be defense better than Bryn Forbes. Um, mm-hmm. Great strength, quickness, uh, has leadership ability, good jump shot. Uh, is he NBA ready? I think he is. You know, I think uh, his NBA uh, readiness is way up there. If I have to, let's say, score him. On a level of 1 to 10, 10 being your NBA ready now, he's a solid 8. Uh, he has issues, I guess, with ball handling. That's not really one of his strong suits. He has potential. He He's an, he's an okay passer. Let's put it like that. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I believe the mock draft has him going as, at 13. Uh, on the big board, they have him going at 11. Uh, his overall... Uh, which is the Spurs yeah. are 11. Yeah, exactly. So overall, he's, he's solid at 93 is what they have him as as far as his uh, scouting report goes. So as far as the intangibles go, when you total all the numbers up, he's at a solid 93. Um, so the kid has potential, you know, and, and I think he could be one of these players where you could not have to immediately ship off to the Austin Spurs. Let's put him in the lineup and see what he can do. But again... How are you going to shuffle the lineup to make room for this rookie? Are you going to piss off a veteran who's earned their spots and, you know, kind of earned their stripes out there on the court? So about like a Rudy yeah, Gay. you know, so, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Rudy Gay, you know, still had some game. He showed that he could still play, um, but he's kind of getting a little long in the tooth there. You know, I mean, he would be better served 
coming off the bench. But again, if you start shuffling players like that to make way for a rookie that could be NBA ready, you're going to, you know, have some friction there, you know, and that could turn into somebody getting upset and asking for a trade, you know, and yeah, you don't want that to happen. No, I, I don't think that'll happen, nor would I think any of the veterans would really scoff at the idea. I, I think, um, you know, the veterans would probably want to preserve themselves as the season moves on. I know it's going to be short in season. Nevertheless, um, Nesmith is an intriguing prospect, Joe. You, you mentioned it. You know, he falls somewhere in that Spurs range where they will be picking. Uh, some drafts have him going as high as 12 some as low as 19, uh, some others as high as 11 where the Spurs are. So he's definitely a, a candidate that Spurs fans need to keep an eye on. But here's the thing, Joe. Uh, 21 years old, I like that. A little older, not as raw, you know, not a kid basically as uh, as Patrick Williams. So I like that. He has a couple more years on him. Hopefully that'll help with the maturity side of it. But a lot of his strengths, when I look at it, I think, yeah, he fit great. You know, you you mentioned his points. There's no doubting this guy can put some uh, points on the board. Got that. Um, Three-point shooting, how much is that a premium in the NBA? In college, 52%. Uh, That's awesome. I think the Spurs can use that next season, especially if they lose a Forbes or a Bellinelli in a free agency, which everybody thinks they do. His offensive rating is through the roof, uh, but he does come with some weaknesses. Not as a good defender as maybe one Patrick Williams. His defensive rating is one of the lowest in this upcoming uh, draft. I think the 106.8, that is his defensive rating. So people, people can score on him. Um, doesn't really uh, dish the ball. So he's going to have to learn that if he comes to San Antonio. Again, a bad assist to turnover ratio. But you look at it, I think there's more pros and cons with the Naismith uh, or Nesmith, uh, Joe. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is because, I mean, as you mentioned, he, his ball handling skills, they still need much to be desired, you know, and he kind of loses the ball uh, when attacking the rim. He loses speed when attacking the rim. He's not that quick, athletic, you know, small forward slash guard that's going to just explode to the rim like we see uh, Keldon Johnson can do, you know, or DeJounte Murray, for example, or even Derek White at times, you know, uh, he can just go ahead and get exp- be explosive and just go to the rim and get past his defender. Um, That's one of the weaknesses that you get with Aaron uh, Nesmith. But for all that, he has an incredible head fake. You know, he can just go ahead and fake people (laughs) out. You can look at the tape and you can see these head fakes that he he, uh, puts out there and just puts people to shame. And he has that one, that quick one dribble that he can just pull up and just hit a, a jumper, you know. So not only can he shake his defender, but he can also just pull up immediately and has a quick release and get that quick jump shot off. That's something that you really want to see in a, in a small forward slash, you know, guard, a small, you know, guard as well. So I think he has more upside to him than one Patrick Williams as far as his offensive capabilities. Uh, he's one of these guys who, yes, he might not be way up there on the defensive end, but he's right around the middle. I think that makes him a more balanced player overall. So if the Spurs were to choose him, pick him, with the 11th overall pick, I wouldn't be upset with this. I would be, okay, I can work with this. You know, I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. As much as, uh, you know, he can definitely put the bucket, the ball in the bucket, which is is awesome, but he could be too much one-sided. Uh, that'd be on the offensive end. I, I just think 
can you teach that type of offense versus to Patrick Williams? Can you teach that type of defense that he brings? Um, I mean, look, look at his three point shooting. We mentioned it 52%. That's absurd, Joe. I mean, that's in college and it's crazy. He's a bucket getter. And I could see a team that's needing um, kind of a specialist on their roster. He would do that. He would definitely be that three point scoring threat. But beyond that, can he develop a defensive game? Can he become more than just a shooting specialist? Uh, could, the, uh, could the Spurs use his offense? Of course they can. You know, young guy, you know, the, the offense is the premium right now in the NBA. But at the same time, as you mentioned, can he be, will he be a liability on defense of the Spurs sorely lacked last season? When you look at Patrick Williams and Nesmith, Joe, if we're just looking at those two candidates and you're in that war room with San Antonio, which, uh, which of the players you're telling them uh, to pick? Pull the trigger on Nesmith, no question. You know, okay. and uh, if you look at Nesmith, he could be an upgrade on Bryn Forbes because while he might not be a prolific defender, he will play defense better out there on the court than one Bryn Forbes. And if you couple that mm-hmm. with his shooting potential out there, to my in my eyes, he can be an upgrade at the at, at Bryn at Bryn Forbes' position of shooting guard. Yeah, I look at this and I my answer to my own question is this. I, I want to know what DeMar DeRozan is going to do. That's where I come at. I, like DeRozan, if you're going to stay on for one more season and, and not, there's going to be no sign in trade and you're going to give it one more and maybe there's a contract extension at the end of that season, then maybe the Spurs don't go Nesmith. Maybe they go Williams because you already have your scoring um, guard slash forward with DeMar DeRozan. If they go DeMar DeRozan leaves, well, Okay, then there's another thing. Do you get Nesmith again because you you drop you lost a good uh, offensive guy like Gay? I'm sorry, like uh, DeRozan, or do you still go Patrick Williams because the Spurs need defense? As long as Popovich is still there, Joe, I definitely can see him pulling the trigger on, on Patrick Williams, and I think dare I say, I think the Spurs would do that. I think at the end of the day, I think they'll choose defense over offense, Joe, and they'll select Patrick Williams again, Joe. When I look at it, I mean. It's not that bad of a situation, though. You're, they're going to get a really solid young guy, regardless, Joe. Yeah, but again, if you, they go with Patrick Williams, currently as the team is constructed, Spurs are at least the 12th or 13th best team in the West as mm-hmm. far as talent level goes. If they don't start compiling a healthy dose of good, athletic, young players, they're going to start falling behind the Sacramento Kings, and the Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves. Everybody else in front of them is getting better. You know, what are the Spurs doing to get better? And they don't make the the sexy picks as far as, like, mm-hmm. going draft day and making some outlandish trades, you know. And this would be one of the, the drafts to do something weird in, in Spurs fans' eyes, and that is trade away that 11th pick, maybe move down in the draft a little bit, and select maybe two players for the price of one that you can really work with. You know, if the talent pool yeah. isn't really going to be there for that 11th pick, why waste it? You know, build for, yeah. you know, for the years to come. And that could be if you move, you know, down in the draft a little bit, instead of getting that 11th pick, you could get a mm-hmm. potential big or you could get uh, a small forward or, you know, a shooting guard that mm-hmm. could help you in the years to come, you know, but... Again, we'll just have to see what they decide, and they're not known for for taking chances, Jeff. So 
It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they get Patrick Williams. It would disappoint me. Uh, so I'm like, okay, so are we, we okay being the 12th or 13th best team in the West and not making the playoffs again next year? Okay, I, I guess we're going right. to do this, you know? Yeah, well, we shall see. Look, I'm not here to pretty much, you know, just shoot down Nesmith's defense. He, he's a good defender. He's just not a, a really, really good defender like we see with Patrick Williams. Um he doesn't, uh, Nesmith, that is, doesn't really have that lateral quickness. Um, he tries. He really does. You know, he, he's, he's an okay. He's okay. But it's just he's stronger suited to the offensive end. And with the Spurs needing defense, I, again, I just see them going Patrick Williams. All right. When we get back, Joe and I are going to give our final thoughts about your San Antonio Spurs as they head into the draft. But before we do that, quickly, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com which is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and best of all those parts and everything on that website well their prices are pretty much reliably low you're gonna get the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same part go to rockauto.com check out their unique and easy to navigate online catalog which has all the brands, specifications, and prices that you want. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure you're to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need, even including carpet and mortar oil. Yeah, they have it all there. Go to rockauto.com. We're back, and I am joined by Joe Garcia. He is host of Puto Sports SA. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. Joe, let's go to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs as this team heads to the draft. How are you feeling? Do you, do you think they're going to make the smart move? Do you, do you think they're going to wheel and deal, or it's going to be another whole hum draft day for the Spurs? Ah, well, then we're going to go ahead and find out here shortly. But either way, I'm excited. You know, let's see what this team does in fact decide to do. So I'm curious to see what the fans think. So share your thoughts with me and Jeff. We'd like to hear what you all are, are feeling or thinking about this year's draft. Definitely, definitely. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. For everything uh, regarding your San Antonio Spurs, too, even what is Trey Lyles up to in the offseason? Well, he's working on his game. Go check out what aspect of his game he is focusing on right now ahead of the NBA season. And, of course, follow Joe on Twitter, again, at Two Shots Podcast. And uh, get ready for him to flip the table over when they announce some foreign player that will never see the light in San Antonio and be stashed away in Euro. And Joe will be pretty upset. I already see that happening with the Spurs, though, Joe. Would not be surprised they pick so-and-so out of Yugoslavia. Slovenia, who will never see for know, two years. Or Slovenia <laughs> or some of that. Hopefully they don't go that route and they get close to a ready-made player. They should at number 11. So for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Spurs.